You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. Hey, good evening, everybody. What's up? And welcome to Padres Social Hour, our final show of the week uh, going into the Easter weekend. Hope everybody is safe and healthy and doing everything you can uh, to stay that way. We're going to try and end the show on a very fun note, a very high note. We will uh, introduce our fan spotlight segment, brand new thing we're doing here. Get to know a a big time Padre fan a little bit better. Uh, But before any of that takes place, I'm going to welcome in two of my very favorite people in the world, and I know they are yours as well. The television voices of your San Diego Padres, Don Orsillo and Mark Grant. Gentlemen, great to see you. That's a lot of forehead on Orsillo. <laughs> I was just going to mention how much space you actually take up in that entire box. It's unbelievable. I don't know if it's because the camera is so close to you or what it is exactly. Why is it that we have so much of you? Yeah. Should I back up or do you like more face? But I have to say, I really like the picture you have in your home in this particular room over your life. So it's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Not sure it's believable, but it looks very familiar. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Now, am I in every room or just that one? Picture of you in every room. Yeah. (laughs) Look at. In fact, look at. There's. That's my family. My mom and dad and my two sisters. And then next to them, small. Don or so. Me. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Jesse, I appreciate sorry. that. What's that? Even if you just put it up for today, it's no, fine. That's good. I still there's, the there's gesture just, is. There's I saw it there at his Christmas party. It was in the same place. The the bad one oh. is the one in the guest bathroom. That's that's the one I'm a little uncomfortable with, but it's, <laughs> the, it's a little off. <laughs> well, it's, a little hey, it's a nice touch. I appreciate it, Mud. I mean, I miss you. I miss you guys too. Jesse, shalom and happy Passover to you, my friend. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. Happy Easter yeah. to you guys and uh, good you. Friday tomorrow. Hope you have a, a nice weekend with the family. Best you can, obviously. You as Things well. Are a little bit different. We did the Zoom Passover Seder last night. Uh, did you? Yeah. Uh, love that. It's kind of the love deal it. right now, man. That's yeah. kind of the deal. Wait, one at a time. How, how much do you guys miss one another? I mean, we're all so used to seeing the two of you together, Mud. Well, my heart just swells every time I see Donnie, and you can see it swells every morning when I pass <laughs> this route in my house, and I just, I just look and I pause and I have to have to catch my breath and uh like i said don orsillo is in not only in my heart but he's in my office <laughs> well it's weird i mean we've texted a lot so we've stayed in touch he's part of my quarantine crew uh <laughs> that i talk to on a regular basis during the day so we haven't been that far apart but at the same time i have been watching a lot of our replays of games that's helped a little bit uh, but uh, it does seem very, very weird to be here yeah. uh, this time of the year and, and not being together. And, and uh, it's just very strange. So uh, it's going to be here tonight, though. What do you what do you miss the most, Don, about like what we would normally be doing right now? I mean, it's you know, I mean, you've you've been in professional baseball between the majors and the minors for uh, basically your entire adult life. I mean, this is yeah. odd. It's it's the second week of April. The minor league season was supposed to kick off today. Uh, and And we're all just kind of at home hanging out. It's so weird. I mean, it really started with how we left spring training, because when we usually leave spring training, you're so excited about the beginning of the season, the opening day, uh, what that's going to be like, especially this year. You know, the way spring was going for the Padres, the way things were shaping up, the new guys coming in, uh, the way the rotation looked and, and certainly the bullpen. Uh, it was just so weird and different to be leaving there and all of a sudden being home. And now uh, here we are. We should have been, you know, in Atlanta the last couple of days getting ready for a giant series tomorrow. Uh, it, it just seems so strange. I mean, in this time of year, calendar-wise, you're right. This is this is going to be my 30th season uh, between minors and majors this year, and um, it seems very, very odd. But I'm sure it does for everybody in their own line of professions. Yeah, Jesse, here's what I miss. It's before and after the games with you two clowns. It's going back and forth to our booths, busting each other's chops, after the game, waiting in our booth, going down to the bus, on the bus, 
getting on one another and then getting on the plane and Orsillo just making a beeline back to the galley for some food. Coming back, he's like balancing plates. Like, yeah, Casey, yeah, I was like, like Jesse, Jesse, I don't just go by myself. Yeah, Usually, I said, Jesse, he gets it, and I go afterwards to get seconds. That's the key. Jesse's the first row. He goes in. He's the first wave of food gathering. That's what I miss. That's what yeah. I miss. The the plane setup and it's funny because I, I feel like every time we get into one of these conversations, I always hear from fans. They're like, "Tell us more about the plane." And like, it's it it could be its own reality show. I think, and and I don't even mean like oh, the yeah. team, just us. Yeah. You know, I mean yeah. the people we we sit around. So Don and I are next to one another. It's two and two on our plane, two on each side. So Don and Mud are next. Or Don and I are next to each other. I'm on the aisle. Don's on the window, and the mud's across the aisle from me, and it is just nonstop insanity. Like the entire. It doesn't matter how long the flight is. It's just. It's exactly what you would expect, I guess, from a fan. Maybe and God can... forbid you fall asleep because there'll be some shot of you, which he's done many times. He likes to make a video. He shoots, you know, different things and then says stuff and has his own commentary. I mean, how many videos have you shot over the last couple of years of me oh. sleeping on buses? I mean, it's unbelievable. There, there are Always very flattering, I, I, too. I've got a, I've got a yeah. couple with uh, Don on the bus sleeping. I've got one with Jesse yeah. sleeping and, and Don looking at at, um, at Jesse and, and laughing and I'm trying to scale or uh, scroll down my phone right here to see what uh, I've got. Maybe maybe later in the show. Yeah. I mean, am I eating too? I don't know. It, uh, Mud seems to be obsessed with when I eat. He likes to, to video that. And then he has commentary about it as well. Usually not very flattering. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Everybody remembers, I'm sure, what two years ago in Cincinnati during that rain delay when Mud chronicled yes. everything that Don ate. That was not an aberration. That was not like a one-off no. thing. Just the only time it made it onto television. That's basically always no, happened. It's the first time the truck put it together graphically, and it was sort of the beginning of my diet. Uh, it was a two-hour and twenty-seven-minute rain delay in Cincinnati, and I there was around nine or ten different items, uh, everything from ribs to <laughs> hot dogs, and I was eating them, not really knowing that people were paying attention. And not only was Mud paying attention, but they were graphically building it for when we did come back after the rain delay. And then they put it up there and I really took a look at it. It was really a, a look in the mirror type situation. It's time to, to maybe go on a diet, I think, at that point. And that's where I kind of started. You mean that time like at JFK? Back of the plane with the pizza? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm boiling, too. Look at that. Boiling. But, but but talking about that time in Cincinnati, it was the rain delay. So, you know, you go around, you talk to the guys in the Reds booth, you talk to the radio booth, yeah. whatever. So I'd go into the booth and down to be eating a piece of pizza or something. So I'd leave, I'd go back, and now he's eating a hot dog. So then he's eating a hot dog. Then I go back like five minutes, and he's macaroni and cheese. I'm like, oh my God. Like a, uh, that's the weirdest thing, is like you weren't always there, there, but somehow you knew about all of them. I mean, like, I would eat them different parts of the ballpark. I'd go places to get away from you, and somehow you still found out everything that I ate. I was I was right yeah, that's down. You have people who work for you. I know you do. <laughs> the, the best part of it, of course, is like the irony of Mud trying to food shame somebody. You know? <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah, it's the fat guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to talk. I'll admit it. Yeah. Hey, cottage hey, cheese. Do you have a razor in your house, by the way? Do you have What's a razor that? at all? Around? Do you have a razor no, in your house? No, I'm not shaving until this thing's over. Oh, okay. I'm going to look like Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, he kind of do. <laughs> Uh, we will he doesn't think i can grow facial hair he is correct but that's uh that's neither here nor there uh, somebody asked me the other day uh we always talk about where we eat on the road and like all the different food cities and everything like that it's amazing how little the baseball comes up in these conversations mm -hmm. uh but, but somebody asked like what's the best meal you guys have had on the road uh the last couple of years so i'll, mm -hmm. I'll give you a moment to kind of marinate on that uh and, and i want to talk Ooh. about that We'll we'll circle back to best meal. Um, it's funny though, with with all the talk of you know potentially shortened season and baseball trying some different stuff out this year. I was each, to give each of you a magic wand and said like you can make one rule change uh, for the baseball season. Anything you want. It can be as simple as the DH going away or the DH in the National League or something kind of intricate that you've you've dreamed up. But I said you know you, nobody can give you a hard time about it. It's your rule. Whatever you want. What what would you want to put into to baseball mud? Don, you can, oh, you want me to go first? That's why I said your name, yeah. Oh, okay. Usually yeah. that means. We had a, a somewhat discussion about this last time I was on, and you know what? I say more doubleheaders, seven innings each. 
All right. I like that. I, 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 you know, fans. having been in the minor leagues for 10 years and they do seven inning, no uh, double headers. I think it's great. I really awesome. do. And I think it, it, part of the solution to get back as many games as possible also uh, would be feasible because it, it really, you know, it's so much shorter. I, I mean, I know innings wise, you're talking about four different innings. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, it just goes quicker. You're talking about going to Kirby Yates in the seventh. I mean, it, the whole thing, I mean, your bullpen, everything backs up. And it, it, it's actually pretty exciting, I think. I mean, I think it'd be, you're talking about two fewer innings a game. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be a great rule change. I, I think the, the other one that they proposed also, uh, for, for this possible scenario would be no visits at the mound whatsoever. Uh, I think that's a good rule. I don't, I don't, I don't like people going on the mound. I mean, I think you could make a pitching change. From the dugout, even if you're a manager, I'm not sure you even need to go out there to make the change. It, you know, you you have one of my favorite anecdotes about that. Your old partner in Boston, Jerry Remy, what did he always used to say about pitching changes? And I never thought of it in my life uh, until you mentioned it to yeah, me. Yeah, he always, he always said when he was a hitter in the box and all of a sudden he got down 0-2, that, you know, why can't the batting coach come out and talk to him? You know, I mean, it's the same thing. Why do the pitchers get their coach to come out in a tough spot? And coach him up. You know, he doesn't have his guy come yes. out, and talk, you know, as a hitter. So that was always his stance. And I, I sort of agreed with him. Made sense. That's it's a kind great of hard point. to argue with. That, that's a great point. And I also like the one. You, here's what here's what one of my rule would be. One visit to the mound. If you go out to visit, you got to take him out. But you can have one visit from a position player, too. So let's say the first baseman goes over and visits. Okay, that's a visit. If the pitching coach comes out or the coach, uh, you got to take him out. None of this two visits on the second one, you got to take him out. One visit, you got to take him out. But you can also have one visit from a from an infielder, like your catcher or your shortstop or whatever. How um, much does the pitching coach really actually help you anyway when he comes out? In those, I mean, you probably don't want to see him in I most think it, cases. I think it's kind of overrated, and you hit a, you hit the nail on the head as far as people don't want to – pitchers don't want to hear mumbo-jumbo from a pitching coach. Oh, hey, hey, let's you know try to throw strikes. Oh, really, coach? I, I like falling behind three and one. It's really a lot of fun. <laughs> trying to give um, up all these runs. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. So it, it's more or less just to slow down the pace a little bit. <laughs> It's like to slow down the pace a little bit. Pitch, the last thing a pitching coach wants to do is put something in the mind of a pitcher that he's already trying to iron out now something else, especially mechanically. Hey, keep your front side tucked. Hey, you're striding too far. Oh, really? Well, the next thing you know, you hit the ball and then it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> you're out. Yeah. There's plenty of time between innings, too. I feel like that always gets glossed over. I mean, you can spend the entire, uh, you know, other, you know, other team being at bat with the catcher, the pitching coach, the manager, whoever wants to be there and kind of go over that stuff. Figure it out. Get out of the inning. I agree with that. All right. Uh, best meal we've had on the road the last couple Ooh. of years. Don, I'll put you on the spot first here. And it doesn't have to be I'm, about I'm, food. I mean, if you got no, a story, anything. No, I'm going to go simple on this just because it, it, I, I really like pizza. I'm a big pizza guy. I know we've had a lot of great meals in a lot of great cities. But I, if, if somebody said to me, what I miss most right now is Marquee Pizza in Denver, right by Coors Field. I would love to have a Marquee Pizza right now. Big floppy slice. Mm-hmm. What and I talked oh, about? Huge. Uh, yeah. Well, a couple of things here that I missed. <laughs> the one, you know, and you know what? This is, this is really hard because we've had some. There's been many times all three of us been sitting around a table and we look at one another and go, this is just fabulous. This is spectacular. But one sticks out. Minneapolis, Manny's Chop House, Manny's Steakhouse. And they they wheel out the steaks and they're wrapped in cellophane. And they, they, I mean, it's just fantastic. And the only thing to make that better is to have Ted there telling jokes. I mean, my gosh, (laughs) the jokes with Ted is just incredible. I would put Elway's there too, another Denver spot. And yeah. Ted was actually there, I believe, for that one. Yes, he was. That was one of his better yeah. jokes came yeah. out that night. Yeah. 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 Ted, and uh, take material from some of the great comics of all time, make it his own and deliver it. And you can imagine he's Ted. He's the ultimate storyteller uh, that, that carries over to, to jokes at the dinner table. There's no question about it. Mud, what's that one you really love? Do you remember? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, the joke? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can do that here. Oh, not that one? Okay. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I would go and buy a knock-knock joke or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, let, yeah, uh, yes, it is, by the way, Charles. That is a picture of Donnie on Mark's show. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. Uh, There's the pointer. I can't believe it. Here, hold on. Let's, let's get a closer look. Please, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hold it. Well, you got to be near the microphone. We're not going to be able to hear you. Read over. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Uh, that was, oh, that's, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was on the field for an on-field ceremony, as I recall. Uh, David Ortiz, thank right? You. It was, yeah. The retirement uh, when David came through. Uh, too much fun. Uh, uh, it's good times. Good times. Uh, very nice times. Uh, well, I'm glad everybody's enjoying this. Uh, we want to tee up some, you know, kind of stuff we've been doing on the show anyway. Uh, and, and we've been doing a lot of on this date in Padre history uh, because there's no actual games to talk about. So we're looking back at other things that have happened on a particular date. Uh, yesterday was a big day in Padre history. The first ever Padre game, first ever game at Petco, both on April 8th, uh, 1969 and 2004, respectively. Uh, perhaps as notable as any of that, though, is what took place on this date in 1974. Uh, it's one of the legendary stories surrounding this franchise. Ray Kroc gets on the microphone, the PA system uh, in Mission Valley. And I, I paraphrase when I can throw up the entire quote. I suffer with you. I have good news and bad news. The good news is that the Dodgers drew 31,000 for their opener and we've drawn 39,000 for ours. The bad news <laughs> is that this is the most stupid baseball playing I've ever seen. He said that during the game on the PA at uh, San Diego Stadium, which is just incredible and something that obviously uh, it's hard to imagine happening today. But I tell you what, if it happened today, guys, ultimate cult hero status for any owner that would have pulled something like that for an underperforming team. He would be adored forever mm -hmm. in his town. No question. No question. I, I like it. I mean, I wonder what the players thought. That was my only thing that I thought of when I read that quote was, you know, what, what, what did they think of, of him saying that? And uh, that certainly grabbed uh, their attention, I'm sure. He owned that microphone. I mean, it was his town. It was his team. He could do whatever he wants. And I'm a big fan of him doing that. And you know what? You, you got to be held accountable. And maybe something like that could light a spark under some guys. Who knows? But if the owner of a ball club got on the microphone and told everybody that, I'd be a little embarrassed, obviously, as a player. So that is his right as an owner. I think it's just tremendous. And he owns that microphone. Therefore, he could say anything he wants whenever he wants. Uh, uh, you mentioned the players, obviously. It did not go over great. We've got some old video here. Uh, Nick Colbert and also Dave Campbell who's broadcasting. Uh, talking about what took place on this date in 1974. We were home and we were getting crushed again. And uh, I was a hitter. So I walked up to home plate and I heard him, heard somebody on the mic. And it blew my mind. And I, I looked around and I looked up in the press box and I saw it was him. The next thing I know, I hear somebody screaming, I've never seen such stupid ball playing and all you know, now all of a sudden some streaker comes running across the field and he went crazy on that one. That's part two of the story. That's that's like the second best part is while this is all going on, naked guy goes running across the field. So he gets even more upset because that's happening. And he starts ranting and raving even more. Uh, I tell you what, Ray Kroc, a real rascal, a scallywag, a rapscallion. He did not hold back in any way, shape or form. And uh, really one of the most famous moments in Padre history. But the attendance thing, I, I want to go back to that because there's like a historical importance you know, first of all, I think most Padre fans, certainly of a certain age, know without Ray Kroc, Padres probably not in San Diego today. Uh, they were well on their way out of town. They weren't drawing at all. I think in the first, you know, few years, they drew a total of like two million fans in the first five, six seasons, something like that. And then, in, as he pointed out, they outdrew the Dodgers, you know, for their opener that year. So he was a, a big part of the success that this franchise had from that point forward, finally getting to 500, uh, I think in 82. And then, of course, the pennant in 84, just after he passed. Uh, but that kind of passion and energy from an owner is not something you see publicly very often. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a heck of a moment in baseball history. You know, when I when I never met Mr. Kroc, but he definitely opened up the the pocketbook when they acquired, you know, the Gossages and the Nettles and to, to, as Jesse alluded to regarding 1984. But when I think of modern day owners, I think of guys like who I'm a big fan of Mark Cuban. I love Mark Cuban. Um, you know, he's got money coming out of his ears, um, you know, owning the Dallas Mavericks. He could probably own a number of different, you know, sport franchises if he could do that. But um, but you know, he he kind of he he takes care of his his uh, his organization. He takes care of his players, and he has the right to say whatever he wants to say regarding that. And I mean, a guy who wants to be successful, and I think Mr. Croc had a lot a lot of that in him as well. I think it reminds me a lot of George Steinbrenner in a lot of ways. Although George Steinbrenner didn't get on the PA and do it, but he certainly used the media to do it quite a bit. And he would, as you said earlier, he would motivate a lot of his players with a lot of the things that he had to say. So uh, it worked in some instances over the years with Steinbrenner. 
John yeah. or uh, D- uh, Don did John, John. John whatever. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance? Did you ever get a chance to meet George? Oh, many times. Did you? Yeah. Uh, when when we went in as the visiting broadcasters at the old Yankee Stadium, uh, the booth next to ours was George's, and oh, wow. there, it was clear. And you would watch him, and it, it was great theater. I mean, I would watch George's booth more than I would watch the field. Oh, that's great. Because it, and if anything happened on the field that you know George wouldn't like, I was right away looking into George's <laughs> booth to get George's reaction, and there was always a reaction. Some better than others. I mean, you'd yeah. see stuff growing around the booth and uh he, he was not afraid to walk out of it too after he had seen enough yeah. <laughs> two, game. two people i wish i would have had gotten the chance to meet i did not and that was billy martin and george steinbrenner um yes and they were you know, great you know, characters playing. in the game yeah my gosh man the uh billy martin documentary i think it was mlb network last off season uh after the 2018 season i think was really really good if people haven't seen it uh, if you're any kind of baseball fan at all, it's, it's worth checking out a very colorful life, obviously. And it goes well beyond, you know, his confrontations with, with Steinbrenner, but that's good stuff, man. That's, uh, that's really good stuff. Uh, this was a video that caught our eye today going around social media. The, uh, Sports Center, uh, Twitter account put it out there. Uh, this kid is trying to throw the baseball into a pipe. Uh, in the wall. I guess it's a drainage pipe, if I had to guess. Mud's more of a plumbing expert than I am, but uh, he eventually gets it. And you see the size there. That is absolutely incredible to be able to do that uh, from that distance. Mark, as a pitcher, I mean, that's that's a real, that's like a really impressive thing, right? First of all, the kid's mechanics, very, very sound. I liked his delivery. I liked his arm action. I liked his release point. Secondly, that is so hard to do. 30, I mean, 30s, uh, that's, you know, the kid, it looks like the kids are really good athletes. He's got a pretty good feel as far as for his release point. So it takes, well, it took him, what, 31, 32 to figure it out. So he was relatively close the whole time. So it was only a matter of time. I guarantee you, I would put money on a guy who could hit that fewer than 30 times, maybe even 20 times, maybe even 15. And that would be Greg Maddox. Wow. Yep. It's impressive to me. I mean, you're right. He's got a little drop and drive there, Mud. Yeah. Gets on top. I mean, that's impressive, man. How, what would you What would you call that distance? I know it's hard to tell on a TikTok video, but uh, what's that about? Maybe thirty feet. I'm thinking free yeah. throw line. 15, 15, 15, 30, maybe. Yeah, twenty five, kind of, thirty feet. Really incredible, though. So this this that reminded is. us of something uh, we saw a couple of years ago in spring training. Uh, similar but different. This is at Little Ohio in Goodyear, Padres Indians. And I believe it was Rob Refsnyder. I don't know why I remember that. He goes into the hole uh, on the fly over the 410 sign. Manuel Margo looks up, and that is a rule book double. It's Lucchese pitching, by the way. It's yeah. number 79. Uh, Swaj is at second. What's with the Swaj? This was a radio-only game, Jesse, and we didn't do it. And I'm really thankful we didn't because I would have had that ball gone. Uh, uh, did you? Were you on the air? Yeah, I was on the air. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, I, I sure as hell know I got it wrong. I know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say, oh, it goes into the hole over the 410 sign. And yeah. No, too far away for, you know, I just, it'd be gone. So yeah. that, that's a ground rule double, not a rule book double. Because it's a ground rule, yeah, that goes into right. the hole. Yes, you're right. Yeah. That's the you're thing. A stickler you like. for rule book doubles, too. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you carry the pointer with you. Every- Don, Don and I in the booth. The ball will hit the track and bounce over. Don goes, "Oh, that's a grind." I'll go. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. And then he takes out his rule book. Thirty-four C. What percentage of uh, the nonsense? And I know the answer to this, but for everybody, the what percentage of the nonsense that takes place in that booth actually goes out on television? Done. Very little. <laughs> it's like two percent. Very, very. I, I, I put a number on it. I mean, it's. I get there. What? Where we get there? A quarter, three, three. Months, yeah, two thirty-three. From that point on, so whenever we leave, you know, it's it, it's pretty. What you see on the air is pretty much what happens the rest of the time. And uh, it, it is what it is. You happen to capture it for whatever it is, three hours in there, and there's a game on in between. But the rest of the time is it's really you can have a camera on there too. I mean, it, you know, it, it doesn't change much, and it never lets up. I mean, from the moment no, you no, walk in constant. there, he's got something to say. I mean, 
It's like you walk into the booth and you say, okay, what am I wearing today? Oh, he's going to get on me about that. He's going to get on that. Oh, the pocket square doesn't match again. It's the third in a row. Like it's been two days since I've shaved. Oh, yo, did you lose your razor there, fatty? Oh, how about my shoes? My shoes I wear. Oh, yeah. How long does a doctor say you have to wear those? Oh, like that is exaggerated. They're not medical shoes. And the thing is, and the thing is, the jokes are so repetitive. It's just, oh, but, they never, but they never get old. Uh, so, uh, some some can get a little old, tired. Yours, <laughs> Mud. No. Mud, do you want to share with everybody how you, uh, when you were younger, you worked in retail? I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever Dad tells the story, it's like he t- tells it like for the I don't know five hundredth time. <laughs> um, like now, whenever he repeat a story or something. Uh, oh no! I, here's how this started. I I worked in retail after I got drafted. I came back, lived with my mom and dad at home. So there was a store in Joliet, which was a high end clothing store, men's uh, store that I worked on, sold suits and stuff like that. So I told that story maybe about two, three times. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, three times. So like, so like on the twenty sixth time, I told that story. So I, I, I start to say it, and Don goes, "Yeah, I know you worked retail." I said, "Oh, that's retail." Right. So now, now fast forward. Every time Don starts a story that we, I know it's going to. I said, "I know I worked retail." <laughs> it's you become know what a I started back when we wore ties. Mud would fix my tie every night because it was never good enough. It didn't matter how much time I spent on it, how the knot was. You'd always go, "Come here, come here," and it starts right in on my tie. And if you say, you know, I used to work retail. And I'm like, oh, I was like, <laughs> and did your tie look better? <laughs> uh, most times, yes. But I, I think a lot of times it was unnecessary. I think you just did it. It was out of, you know, part of your routine to get ready for the open. <laughs> Mentally prepared himself uh, on television. Yeah, so. it was like a check the box, you know, fixed yeah. on's tie. Like you, know. you go and put makeup on. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, I better go get makeup on. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> we got a lot to cover here, you know. When are you gonna go straight back? When are you gonna like comb it like straight back? Like, I mean, straight back? Yeah, just comb I'm it straight not there. back. I, I'm not there yet. What are you, com- uh, what like, are you, what are you combing over? I mean, <laughs> you want the bobbies and arrows straight back? Yeah, um, it's for me. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Let me. Anyway, I think it would look pretty good. What, uh, Don? What's your quarantine haircut plan? Oh yeah, that's a great question. We're we're we are we're past our normal three week period here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I maybe it may be done here. I may try to do it myself. I don't know. You got a set of clippers? Yeah. I do. Do you? You got a Floby? Yeah. Flobies back in the day. I do remember the Flobies. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a Floby. Yeah. I may have my wife try it. I, I don't know. Just go number we're, two, we're, straight up, all the way to the back. You know what I don't like? The, the, the comb over top is fine. What I don't like is the puffiness on the sides. Yeah. Bozo the clownage. <laughs> and the hair, too. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, what about you? What about what, What's your hair? hair yeah, what's your plan? Clippers yeah. are in the mail. Uh, I, I didn't own clippers. Um, same thing. I'm, I'm overdue. It's starting to stress me out, which is ridiculous. I have more important things to worry about, obviously, but, uh, very puffy on the top, very puffy, very puffy. It's getting uh West wing. It's turning into that. And, um, the beauty, the beauty of being bald. I am my own barber. I was going to say you're all set. Just shave yeah. it up. I, I do notice the puffier it gets on Jesse, the more Muppet like he looks. Kind of like a Muppet. A little mm. bit. <laughs> less Josh Lyman, more guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't the like Muppet or a man. Uh, but uh yeah, the, the clippers are in the mail. Uh they don't it's everything's backed up, obviously. Supply chain yeah. wise, it's going to be yeah. a couple of weeks. This could get very. I might just wear a hat every day on the show. That might just be what it comes down to. Hey Jesse, very like I said, done. Try try slicking it straight back once. Mm. Oh, I'm trying to impress. Uh, did you ever slick it back when you yeah, were in between the transition? Like James Gandolfino in in uh, Sopranos. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't have like nice, thick, dark hair like that, though. I've got wispy light hair. It would still, yeah, work. I, I, still work. I don't know. Plus, I got good lift going on right now. Nice volume. Very nice volume. Yeah, well, yeah, the lift's not bad. I mean, it's been worse. <laughs> Unbelievable. I love, it. I love it when Don gives out look like this. He's like looking at himself in the morning. Hey, he gets lost in his own eyes. Yeah. Like, I really like all of this. Oh, yeah. I really like all of this. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell everybody all the secrets now. Really? I like this. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, the best. Wow. Uh, all right, I got, I got one other little thing I want to get to before we get to our, our interview today is with uh, a fan, uh, Ryan Cohen. Uh, you see him dancing on the video board at Pekka. We got that coming up in a couple of minutes. We're doing the Fan Spotlight Series. If you would like to apply for the Fan Spotlight Series, by the way, uh, for us to interview you and learn more about you as a fan, just tweet at Mudcat55 and uh, he'll sort through them and, and we'll get to one of those. Uh, but Mud is uh, like I am, Don, not as much, but a big uniform geek. Uh, Don's into it, but not in the sick level that Mud and I are. So the Falcons, Atlanta and the NFL, they released horrible new uniforms. I guess it was yesterday. I've lost mm. all track of time. Uh, just tear. They're getting panned by everybody all over the place. And as as everybody can probably tell, the three of us, we enjoy giving each other a hard time. Uh, I thought this is one of the great social media things I've ever seen from like a, a team. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, of course, are a division rival of the Falcons. Geographically, also pretty close, Charlotte and Atlanta. Um, after the Falcons tweeted the video of their new uniforms, which again, I don't think are that good. Most people seem to agree. The Carolina Panthers, another team. Imagine the Padres doing this to the Dodgers, you know, something like that. This is what they tweeted. If you missed it, you, you, here you go. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> that is one of the great smackdowns in sports social media history. <laughs> wow. I didn't really get, I mean, they look plain and simple. They're just, okay, that's it right there, huh? That's one of them. You got the terrible side panels. You can kind of see on this picture, it's cut off on the left there. That's a yeah. gradient jersey where it goes from red to black in the jersey. The top changes from red to black. Oh, I don't like those. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, um, but anyway, I thought, you know, like we all, like I said, we do a fair amount of giving each other a hard time, but like there are lines you don't cross yeah. and generally you don't see teams going after other teams in that way. It will be a, a whole new day in social media. If, if we get to a point where teams are just like outwardly crushing one another. We've gone after some other broadcast teams, mud over the last couple of years, we pointed to their booth and said, you know, boring and other stuff. <laughs> I remember in Atlanta, was it last year? Atlanta. It was, it was Chip uh, and it was, Frenchie. It was Chip, Frenchie, and Glavin. Glavin, yeah. And Glavin, yeah. yeah. Boring. Boring. <laughs> Boring. No fun. Gosh, it's like they're sitting over there. We, we showed their booth, and it's like they're trying to, you know, figure yeah. out the formula for, you know, <laughs> splitting the atom. What, what formula is that yeah. that you're familiar with? <laughs> the law of relativity or whatever uh, it is. It's a theory. Yeah, boring. It. So we have ripped other announcers, so we, we yeah. have, but not on social media. <laughs> You're, I mean, that's kind of the yeah, same. We do it on the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do it live <laughs> on the air. Not programmed. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, more with these two gentlemen uh, in just a few minutes. Earlier this afternoon, Mud and I uh, caught up with Ryan Cohen uh, in our uh, first. It's the first of a series. The uh, What are we calling it again? I already forgot. The uh, fan something something as we uh, take a look and uh, get to know a little bit more about big-time Padre fans. I think a fun thing to do on a Thursday would be kick off our Fan Spotlight series and talk to a Padre fan who's very familiar to folks who attend games at Petco Park. He is Ryan Cohen. And Ryan, I guess that's kind of how we know you, right? you like the dancing guy on the video board. Tremendous moves, by the way, very jealous. But tell us all a little bit more about Ryan Cohen. What makes you you? What do you do? Are you a student? Do you work? Tell us all about you. All right, we'll jump into it. Um, I'm a sophomore up at UC Davis. I'm obviously home right now because of this whole quarantine, but um, I do love Davis. I really want to get back up there. Uh, I've been a Padres fan for basically as long as I can remember, um, about six years old. My parents aren't that into baseball, but I always loved it growing up for whatever reason. Um, 
I love having fun. If there's music on, I'm going to be dancing, whether I'm in a car or at work, anything like that. I'm always going to be dancing around. So when there's music on at a stadium with 40,000 people, it's no different. And I guess the camera seems to enjoy that as well. And I just have fun with it as much as I can. Ryan, your first recollection of being a Padre fan, what is the first thing in your mind you think of as young as you can recollect, you know, being six years old, as you said, TV, were you at the ballpark? Was it something you picked up in a magazine? What, what was the first thing? So my first season of fandom was 2007. I was six years old and Matt Holliday didn't touch home on game <laughs> 163. And that's, it was a crushing way to start a fandom. Um, I have a m- memory of being at a game and Khalil Green hit a foul ball and the person behind me caught it and gave it to me. Um, so that's up there. That was pretty early too. But I think the first like real baseball memory in my lifetime is Matt Holiday missing home plate. And I cried in my living room for hours and I still haven't really gotten over that one. It, it wasn't just little kids, by the way, who cried after that among popular <laughs> fans and, and who are still not over it. So that's got nothing to do with your age at the time. I want, I want to go back to the foul ball thing, even though it's kind of like a, a hazy recollection. Mud, you know, on TV and us on radio, we always talk about that. You know, like when you see the guy give the ball to the kid or the lady give the ball to the kid. And it's just sort of become something that's expected. But that's such a good example, Ryan, of like what an impact that can make and why it's such an important thing we all sort of harp on. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's nothing like being able to go to a major league game. And I feel so grateful that I've been in as many Padres games as I have in my life. Um, and I think that just that I, I do remember getting that ball and it was in my backyard forever. And like you mentioned, I think it makes a big difference for kids. So I always try if I get a ball or any cool little thing, I always try and give it to a little kid. Um, you know, I think last year I got like a batting glove or something because I meandered down towards the dugout before the game. And I just gave that right to a kid. I don't need it. And they seem to love it. So, Ryan, speaking of baseballs, your bedroom looks like a shrine to Padre baseball. I mean, this is an hour and a half show. We can talk about probably your memorabilia. And I see a lot of baseballs up on your shelf there. Which is your number one prize possession? If you could pinpoint one. You know, what? let me get this one real quick. This is off script. You didn't tell me to do this. You can't see that, can you? It says Mark Grant on it somewhere. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, Come yeah. On. That, oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, Mark Grant. Um, I love that one. Uh, I got that one when I was really young. I got about, back do, there. do you have any balls signed by people whose career ERA is under six? Or not? Uh, I got something up there. I'm not a huge <laughs> autograph guy, but I definitely have, have gotten some cool ones. Um, back there, this is my favorite one. You can't really see it. It's the one, it's this bottom photo. Um, that's Willie Mays' famous catch, and that one's signed by Willie Mays. So that's easily oh, the wow. coolest, uh, baseball memorabilia I have. I know it's not Padres, but that's a legend, you know. And I'm, my favorite number is 24. That's because of Willie Mays. And Cameron Maben liked 24 because of Willie Mays, and Cameron Maben was my guy. So it all comes back there. I love, I love that photo back there. That's cool. Yeah, it's one of the most famous plays in baseball history, 1954 World Series. Um, with social media and the video board, you become like pretty recognizable to a lot of fans, obviously. Has that carried over to the players at all? Like, have, have you gotten to have any interactions with the players that perhaps you could have never dreamed of having when you were that six year old kid? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. Um, it's still surreal. It's not, like at the ballpark, I get it, but every once in a while I'll get recognized just walking around town. And it's, it's so funny because I'm really not famous at all, but the players, um, yeah, I've had some, you know, a few of them follow me on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes is definitely up there. I know he's now an Indian, but uh, there are a few other guys. I think Matt Strom follows me on a couple of them. So I think, I don't know, I it, I don't want to come off as pretentious and say, oh yeah, I'm sure they all know who I am. But I think I think definitely a few of them would recognize me and be able to make fun of me for those annoying dance moves. Well, it seems like when you're on the big board, I mean, I get a kick out of it too. And I've even mentioned it in the air a couple of times. My man, Ryko, just uh, polishing some tiles out there. Where did the dancing come from? Is this something you've always had? I mean, you're a big fan, a big fan of dancing. How did you get the moves? Okay, so first and foremost, I don't think I'm good. A lot of people like to tell me how bad I am. I know, I know. I just like having fun. It's just there's pop music on and I'm dancing along trying to have a good time. Um, That's not something I really remember having started on like an official date or something. I've always liked dancing around. As little as I can remember, I was dancing in my living room and my parents would be playing Bob Marley. I'd be singing on the couches. So that's not new. Um, I just didn't necessarily have the courage to do it in front of a lot of people. And then I got into high school and was with a few friends and did it and got attention for it and just kind of kept going from there. And, you know, the other thing is I go to a lot of games and I don't get on the Jumbotron and that's not a big deal to me. Like I'm still dancing and having a good time. You know, it's if I don't get up there, it's not the end of the world. Um, I just like having fun. I, I'm dancing on the car ride down there and the car ride back too. 
our fan spotlight with Ryan Cohen. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to think you come off as pretentious. I've gotten to uh, chat with Ryan a few times. He's like just this genuinely good, positive guy. And I know we got a cool story about a meeting coming up in a couple of moments. First of all, you are sort of, I mean, aside from the, the current health situation, you're growing up in like the golden age of being able to follow your favorite team from a distance, you know, because of all the technology. So when you're away at school now, not that it's a great distance, but you are out of the home market. What, what, how, how do you keep up with the Padres? Like how into it are you when you're away at college? I think I might be even, if it's possible, even more into it when I'm up there because I can't, you know, when I go to the games, I'm obviously having a great time and watching the game, but I also kind of get distracted by a few things. When I'm watching on my laptop or my TV, like I'm, I'm locked into the game. So I have MLB TV and I watch last year, like I had finals, didn't matter. I was seven to 10, seven to 11, however late the game was. Don and Mud were on the TV and it was, I wasn't missing it. And if I had to drive somewhere, Jesse and Teddy were on the radio. That was it. You know, there was no, I don't miss games. Not not early in the year. Certainly not early in the year. I I love that. That's my favorite part of the day. Ryan, when you're at college, uh, I assume there are a lot of kids, a lot of baseball fans who are from other parts of the country. How many of those fans have you converted because of your fandom and your love for the Padres to Padre fans? That's Any? one of the things I'm most proud of in out of all of this Padre stuff is I I don't know if they weren't baseball fans at all, but certainly some people that were kind of on the fringe that have gone to a game with me or have watched a game with me. And all of a sudden you see that they start rooting for the Padres a little bit more. And you'll have a friend that I, I played, you know, little league with a kid who wasn't that into it, but kind of liked playing. We went to a game in 2018, Villanueva hit three homers that day. Every time I see him to this day, he comes up and he goes, Christian Villanueva. Obviously Villanueva is not even a Padre anymore, but that kind of thing where I love, I love showing people why I love it so much. And whether that's laughing at you and Don mud, or that's going to a game and dancing my butt off. I just like having fun with it. And I think that translates to a lot of other people. So yeah, I definitely enjoy doing that with other friends. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. I, I mentioned a, a meeting that took place. We've got the picture. Uh, this is, I mean, you tell us what year it is, but it's you in the TV booth uh, with the late, great Dick Enberg and with Mud. First of all, how old are you? My goodness. I'm 10 years old. Uh, I have terrible style. That's on my parents on that one. I'm not stylish now, but even worse in that picture. Um, you know what? Look at this. There it There's is. The sign. There's that oh, sign. Four FB going way back. Signed Biggest fan Parker. ever, right there. Biggest yeah. fan ever. We got Mark Grant. Oh my, Dick Emberg. So let's see the dates on here. Yeah, July fifteenth, two thousand eleven. So I was ten years old. I turned eleven the next month. Um, I remember it pretty well. I was at, I was with two friends. Uh, his dad was from England. Could not care less about baseball. And they invited me because I knew I was a big Padres fan. And I had this sign, and we were sitting in the Toyota Terrace there. And I was, you know, going nuts. And I remember fifth, sixth inning, a lady comes up and goes, Hey, are you a big Padres fan? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And she goes, okay, well, if you want to come with me, there's someone that wants to meet you. And, you know, I guess she ran up by the dad or something because he okayed it. And we go up the elevator and we make a turn. And I remember seeing Uncle Teddy and the Colonel, uh, Jerry Leitner, Jerry Leitner, sorry, Ted Leitner, Jerry Coleman. Um, and then we turn in and there's Dick Emberg and Mark Grant. And they're telling me, oh, be, be quiet, be quiet. You know, it's the middle of the inning. And then uh, in the half inning, we got to talk to them. And little did I know I'd be doing an interview with Mark just a few years later. And I mean, I, I really do have to say, uh, I, you know, there, I've been so lucky with all the broadcasters from Mark and Dick Enberg and Don and Jesse and Ted and the Colonel and, you know, Matty V when I was growing up. I really, really feel lucky with all the guys I've gotten to watch growing up. No, that's well, we awesome. love fans like you. That's for sure, Ryan. And one of the things that sticks out to me is the passion that you have. And, when people do come up to the booth and visit like Jesse and Ted or Don and I, it's amazing the looks on their faces and that's something they can take with them for the rest of their lives. And that's, what's worth it. So you're awesome, man. We love you. And uh, thanks for joining us today. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. This was such a joy. Ryan Cohen on our uh, fryer, whatever we're calling it, a uh, fan spotlight. I made it up on the fly. That's why I, I couldn't remember what it was called. By the way, uh, tweet your uh, favorite pictures or videos of doing Padre stuff with the hashtag Friar Faithful, and uh, you might just get to see it tomorrow because, gentlemen, Don and Mud, uh, you guys are doing something special tomorrow for the very first time. Do tell us more, Mr. Orsillo. We're very excited about it. Uh, we have been dying here to do games, and, you know, at this time of year, we're still used to what we'd be in, what, 10 games already this season. So uh, we are desperate to do games. You know what, Mud? We're going to do a game. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it Friday, Friar Fridays, which just starts tomorrow night at 530. 
this very location and others, you can come watch the Padres take on the Los Angeles Dodgers, a virtual game. Thanks to our friends uh, at MLB The Show, we are going to be doing a full nine-inning game between the Padres and the Dodgers with their current rosters in place, and it's going to be awesome. We're looking forward to it tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking. <laughs> that's it. That's the, the one time I fell asleep uh, last oh. year. That's Not just on the plane. Yeah. And Don's like oh. chiming in. <laughs> Not bad. If that's the worst, God, I don't I don't feel too bad. I got to tell you. I don't know. So I'm, many looking more to, I'm looking forward to talking some ball and uh, and doing that game tomorrow with Donnie. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now you guys had to obviously do a, a technical check, uh, make sure all your you know microphones and everything worked. I don't know if you're even aware, but we actually have uh, some of like the practice you guys did earlier uh, to play back for some people. Uh, well, can I just say something before we go into this? Yeah, I hadn't. I haven't seen Mud. You know, we haven't seen each other. Right. Or, you know, I've talked, we, we've texted a lot, but I haven't seen Mud in uh, three, maybe. No, you didn't do the last week. Mark Squinney did the last game. So it's been almost a month since I've seen you. And I was amazed. You've gained somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 55 pounds, I think, in that time period. <laughs> so yesterday we went to do the, you know, the, the shoot and we're matching up. And all of a sudden his box popped up here in the right. And there's all of him in the box. And I went, Wow! Oh my, oh my goodness! Oh my god! So yeah, so I don't know if that's in there, but if it is, that's you what, that's the story behind. Them. Yeah, so a little behind the scenes is these guys uh, practiced uh, for their big broadcast tomorrow night. Enjoy. Hey, Don. Yes, you're very loud. Yes. If you move your microphone stand, twist it that way. See, you're like this. If you just at a 45 degree to your, your monitor, you and your monitor in like 45, like in between like this. Now, now, now scoot it more that, scoot it that way. The button, no, 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 no. Keep it turned like that, like it was. Now, now twist it a little more. Which way? Twist it. There. Okay, now slide the base that way. That way. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no. Keep it, t- keep it, keep it, keep it turned like this. Slide it and then slide right. it, slide it that, slide it to your right. No, 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 no. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now the base. Now the base. Now don't touch the. Don't touch the microphone. The base. Now slide the base of it to your right, just a little bit. There you go. There. Now you got your monitor. You, and then you, when you look at me, your mic's at a forty-five degree angle. There you go. Oh boy, where's he going? <clears throat> How much weight has he gained? It's such a short time. It's all two weeks ago. Wow, look at that midsection. <laughs> some Yahoo out there. Midsection's unmanageable. Would you just get done chopping wood with that shirt? Would you, would you beat your family? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Did you eat your family? <laughs> See, that's why. That's why I'm wearing black now because it's really thinning. It's like look at it's just it's just a head. It was like a giant smock. You like were doing art in school. Oh, uh, I, I, you know, it, it, you got really frustrated with me on the whole stick mic thing. But like you weren't giving me any reasonable instructions whether I could go right or left. I Nothing. thought it was pretty twist. Clear. I twist. thought what it was twist. What is twist? Twist what? What? <laughs> I wash. I wash my hands of you. Okay. This is days. what it's like every <laughs> single day. I miss you guys very much. I miss that. As ridiculous as it is. Wow. Jesse, I miss you. Donnie, I, yeah, I miss you. But I don't. Uh, Again, tomorrow. Yeah, there he is. Over your shoulder. He's in every room in the house in Alpine. It's amazing. Uh, So social hour is Monday through Thursday at 530. Tomorrow, uh, every Friday, uh, beginning tomorrow, uh, Don and Mud will be broadcasting a virtual Padre game on MLB The Show 20. Uh, They will take on the Dodgers tomorrow. Can you give us the probables? Who are the starters? 
Walker Bueller for the Dodgers and Chris Paddock, the sheriff for the Padres. Ooh, I like it. And is this game, uh, I, I would hope it's at Petco, right? It is yeah. a home game. All right, so yeah, we'll get it is a home game. Uh, those, those sweet new uh, brown pinstripe uniforms that we haven't actually seen in game action yet. So that's tomorrow. Uh, it's on uh, Padres YouTube, Padres.com. It's on Twitch. Uh, it's on Twitter, it's on Facebook. You'll be able to there. Oh yeah. All the things on the bottom. There you go. Sorry. I didn't see that YouTube, Facebook live, uh, Twitter and Twitch tomorrow at five 30. That will be must see stuff, uh, from the two of you guys. I think that's it. I think we're going to end it like, uh, right there. That's all I wow. got. Yeah. That was 50 minutes of fun. It was, it really was this guy, Charles, man. He's got an opinion on everything. Are you in your mom's basement? I don't know. Go watch a ducks game. Uh, it's this guy. <laughs> like, <nonstop. laughs> Angry Agler coming out. Yeah, a little bit. Angry Whoa, hey, oh, oh, easy. Easy. Any more questions, right. Any more questions or comments? Cause I, I, I like those. We got, yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of, uh, a lot of people saying, thank you. A lot of people smiling and laughing. Charles is uh, critiquing every single thing that happens. He's very unhappy. Apparently. Uh, charge the mound. Yeah, Frankie. Uh, we'll go after him. Is he in a hot dog costume? Oh, I hope not. Um, yeah, no, people, you know, this is, this is the cool thing. You know, people have just been so, uh, appreciative of this that we've done. And, uh, uh, you know, it's for us too. Like we said, you know, I mean, we're, we're used to being able to kind of get in our groove and, and our rhythm and everything like that. So, uh, being able to help everybody get through this thing a little bit, uh, it's our pleasure. It's, uh, it's the very least we can do. Believe us. We miss you guys. We appreciate you miss us. And again, big thanks, Don and Mud guys. I'm looking forward to watching that tomorrow night. Thanks, Jesse. Looking Thank forward to it. Thanks, Jesse. We appreciate Don, it. Donnie, good to see you, man. You so too, that now, uh, we will wrap. Uh, yeah, with the pointer this uh, yeah, week, yeah. Padres social hour. These guys on tomorrow at 5:30. We'll be back with another show Monday at 5:30. Hope everybody has a, a great Easter weekend. Uh, enjoy a live look at Petco Park as uh, we send you guys out of here. Have a great night. Thanks to everybody for hanging out. Stay healthy. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.